Recent events have focused attention on the Pacific community. Mangari woman Falole Mulianga died shortly after her electricity supply was terminated by Mercury Energy over unpaid bills, which shut off her oxygen machine. It became a story of a poor family bullied by a state-owned enterprise. Next, new statistics from the Justice Ministry. Pacific Island people make up a third of all apprehensions in Auckland for drink driving, plus are convicted of a third of all sexual crime. And finally, the questions around the integrity of Pacific politicians, like James Papali'i, the Manukau City Councillor convicted of fraud, or title Philip Field, who may face charges of corruption. It's not a very positive picture, but would more Pacific Island people participating in politics help to change things? The Pacific vote is certainly courted, both by National and Labour, which is confident it will keep the traditional alliance. But the first test of that could be the upcoming local body elections. This was the Prime Minister, Helen Clark, recently opening Labour's freshly painted Mangari office. And to prove that I have more greetings than Alf Philippaina, <laughs> bonjour, <laughs> buenos dias, guten tag, bonjourno. I end with the most romantic, the Italian. Her reference to the romance of the Italian greeting was good for a laugh, but some wonder whether any love will be going Labour's way. Because while the Pacific vote is courted, Milani Anai from Auckland University says the Pacific voice is neither acknowledged nor understood in politics. We live in New Zealand, you know, and you say, why don't we use our Pacific um, uh, experience of politics to, you know, engage in New Zealand politics? Well... We're, we're a minority in a mainstream political system and as such we will never be able to you know, transform um, things overnight. Her brother Arthur Anai, the first Pacific MP in the National Party, now a Manukau City Councillor, had two terms in Parliament but failed to find favour and his low list position eventually saw him off. Few others have taken his place, either on Labour's benches or in the other parties. There are presently four Pacific MPs in Parliament, three with Labour and the fourth an Independent. Dr Anai, the former Director of Pacific Studies, says participation is low because most Pacific Island people have other priorities. Pacific people are mainly just trying to survive um, and that is their priority you know, in terms of um, why they're not putting themselves up for politics. And when you look at the bigger picture of Pacific people in New Zealand, we haven't got education right for Pacific people. Therefore, it is not a priority for them. If you fix education, if you fix access to a good quality education and good educational outcomes for Pacific kids, then the rest will follow. Dr Anai says the lack of education is one barrier for Pacific people considering a political career. Moreover, she believes once in, many Pacific MPs find their views ignored. They have a mandate, but they have to, to toe the party line. 
And so if that conflicts, if, they want, if what they want to do for Pacific people conflicts with the party line, then their hands are tied, and that's the problem with politics. I've always been of the opinion that if Pacific are to make any inroads, Pacific people are to make any inroads politically, that it would take a, a, a special kind of person that has gained popularity in a mainstream party. That's the only way that um, I feel that we can um, perhaps start transformative change for Pacific people in New Zealand. Despite this gloomy view, a new generation of younger, often New Zealand-born Pacific people are about to contest the local body elections, keen to see change. To many of them, the political system is either Eurocentric or unconsciously racist, and subsequently ill-equipped to recognise, much less assist, the Pacific community and its problems. But Cheryl Talamaivau says change will come better from the inside. I always believe that we're only going to get somewhere as well as that we, if we know how to operate in the mainstream. And then when you get to the position you want, then you bring out your special character, which is your uniqueness, is your culture, then you bring it out. But if you go from there, 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 going using the culture card, doesn't work, because I don't want to hear that. It's a bit like hearing about the treaty all the time, isn't it? It's like someone will get up and say, oh, I'm sick about hearing about the treaty. Ms Talamaivau is standing for the Waitakere Licensing Trust and is on the Waitakere City Pacific Advisory Board. She says the ignorance of politicians and bureaucrats is astounding. I don't know how many times I have to stand up in council and remind non-Pacific people, you do not live in my community, you do not know how my community feel, you don't have a brown face like myself. So you could talk to my mother like that, my mother's generation, but it's just not acceptable now for our generation, the next generation. Ms Talamaivau believes entrenched attitudes often consign Pacific people to roles of either consultation or entertainers, and those must go. She says that also comes about because many Pacific people she deals with are reluctant to challenge the status quo, and again an attitude or psychological change is needed. It's very important, I think it needs to become a part of our Pacific psyche. Because what we need to do is that how, whatever we do and however we like it, as soon as you walk out of the door, it's all political. We have to be part of the political world, which is, you know, the, the global thing as well. And our people need to understand everything that's going on. For example, if you don't understand who is in the political seat, because it's a political seat that drives the economy, and it's the economy that determines how we live. Lawyer Peseta Sam Lotu-Iinga agrees. He's standing for Auckland City Council in the Tamaki Mangakiakia Ward on the Citizens and Ratepayers ticket. The National Party member worked at Russell McVeigh, one of Auckland's top law firms, before a career in London as a merchant banker, while studying for an MBA at Cambridge University, miles away from Mangari, where he grew up. Mr Lotu-Iinga says change requires action. I'm a bit disillusioned with some of the, the decision makers, some of the politicians that I've seen over a number of years. And, you know, if rather than actually complain about it and moan about it, I actually want to make a difference and, and go in there and, and for my voice to be heard, yes. With similar views is Carmel Sepuloni, standing for the Mount Roskill Community Board on the City Vision ticket. 
when we look around and then we realise all these things are happening with Pacific people and a lot of them aren't positive and then we look at the people that are standing up for us and that are supposed to be our voice and they're not Pacific people and in many ways it's not working and it hasn't been working for a long time, I think that's when we need to make a conscious decision as Pacific people that actually I'm going to give this a go and I'm going to actually um, take a step in this direction so that Pacific people can have a voice and some Pacific people may look at us and think who are you to do that but we've just got to harden up a little bit I think and as long as our intentions are in the right place then just go for it. Do you think some of the, the papahars might look at you and say actually I haven't selected you, you're not what I'm looking for to represent Pacific people? Possibly possibly, <laughs> who cares just keep going I think um, I mean we get knocked back so many times so one more time getting knocked back this is not going to hurt us. Ms Sepuloni says the low voter turnout of Pacific people makes it even harder for candidates like herself and many Europeans wary of Pacific candidates are unlikely to vote for Pacific people, even if they can pronounce their names. Kate Sutton, the woman's vice president of Labour, agrees. There is a wariness, and I do... um, I would say that... You know, for example, in talking to members of the community, we've had a, a few Pacifica candidates who have managed to get themselves in trouble, um, quite high-profile trouble. For example, Taito Philip Field, and people do come straight back to that. So, who am I going to trust? There's a trust element. Um, is this person going to be a good representative for me? Also, if people can't um, relate to that person, um, they're less likely to vote for them. So, if you're a white, older male voter, you're more likely to vote for a white, older male you've got similar life experiences, etc. So that would, that would be um, how I see it working. Really what this has to be about, it's about more candidates, but it's got to be about better civic participation and more understanding of how important local government voting is. We have a really high uh, voting in the national general elections, but we have very low in the um, local government elections, which is a real shame because uh, the local government, what local government does um, has a direct impact on your life. Ms Sutton says those voting patterns have a bearing on candidate selection. But in the Tamaki Monga Kiki Award, Labour has two Pacific candidates standing for council. They got there by default because there were no other nominations other than incumbents Leela Boyle and Richard Northey, stalwarts of the Labour Party. None of the Pacific candidates made it through selection for the community board in an area serving a large Pacific population. Kate Sutton. There's huge issues around access. Um, You need to have... They always say that local government is for retired people and redundant people and rich people. And the reason for that is because you're not sure... It's a a large time commitment. You don't get paid very much. You usually would have to take a part-time job or not work at all. Um, And and if you have a family, it's a huge time commitment. So for those people with other uh, things to do or that aren't independently wealthy, being a city councillor particularly, you just couldn't do that. Um, So what type of people are you going to attract to those positions? You're going to attract people who have um, grown-up children or children who are independent, and you're going to attract people who are, as I said, independently wealthy or have wealthy husbands or wives to support them, um, and people who can access the system, because you've got to understand that the system is very uh, complex and it's based around... Uh, it's, it's quite hierarchical. You have to give a speech and go through a very sort of independent and planned selection. I think that the, all of those things are barriers to participation. Ms Sutton's pragmatism, though, is offensive to some. 
They see it as yet another example of gatekeeping operating in the political system. But Cheryl Talamaival says there's also overt racism. My brother-in-law, I mean, he's Samoan born, he looks Samoan, real Samoan. He's a chief and he stood for Board of Trustees and we rallied and got all the Pacific communities in there to get him and he got in there. When he got in there, he didn't even last. He says, I don't need this. I don't want to be dealing with this. Because what it was is that you will never know how I feel because you don't look like how I look. So people don't people wouldn't treat you like that. So him dealing with his own, how people treat him, and then going into like a board of trustees, you'd think, how, why would you bother? The power comes from the middle class. Mahi'i Foliaki lives in Mangri, where he develops software and consults on e-commerce to clients around the world. He says Pacific people are excluded by their own lack of involvement, plus a political system that speaks of inclusion but acts exclusively. The influence comes from the middle class, so they have to balance out like their policies to ensure that, yes, it's fine, yes, they, I'm sure they do recognise there's a, there's a problem in the so-called uh, underclasses or you know, blue-collar in s- suburbs like Mangere, but they also have the side who actually have money, which is the middle class, saying, hey, look, we, they're educated. They know that they have the power of voting. People in the suburb, we... A lot of people don't actually know how, you know, the connection between voting, putting someone in, to how it affects them in the pocket, how it affects them in their own homes. Mr Foliaki believes it will be 10 to 20 years before there is any sort of a shift in power. But Chris Menny, standing for a second term on the Spraydon Heathcote Community Board in Christchurch, has a different view. There are gaps, and those gaps need to be addressed. They need to be identified and closed. I think it's quite, it's quite simple there. Mr Meany says Pacific candidates need to recognise the value they can add first and then have the courage to put themselves forward, which may clash with traditional Pacific values of humility. Those who are putting themselves forward are able to at least exist in two different worlds, two or more different worlds. Existing is it's there or thereabouts. You can get on with life. But if you're able to start living and thriving and, and, and operating effectively within those two worlds, that is a skill set that I think almost that needs to be supported to happen. We, we've got some awesome cultural strength, you know, intra-cultural strength within Pacifica, within Samoan communities in Tongan. But you've got to be able to operate and understand and be politically savvy in the mainstream in your area. Mr Meany says more Pacific participation is happening, and the reasons are obvious. There's a, a cumulative effect over the last 10, 20 years of policies that are working against Pacific people. And I think that with the media coverage, it's starting to, to draw to the surface, a very public surface, some of the issues that, that are so real at the moment. But with the events like the death of Mrs Mulianga and the over-representation of Pacific people in negative health, education and financial statistics, questions are being asked why those Pacific people who are educated are not putting themselves forward for political roles. 
Here's Carlo Miller-Schaff, the Montana award-winning poet and health researcher. In every single forum, you're constantly having to prove that in some way you add value and you should be there. But doesn't everybody have to prove that? It doesn't matter if you're a Pacific or woman or in a wheelchair. I think that probably you, you have to prove yourself a little bit more. That's the problem, you know, when you're Pacific. If you don't dot the I's and cross the T's to such a degree, someone's going to pounce on you. You know, you have to outperform. Ms. Mila Schaaf says the low voter turnout by Pacific people belies their interest in politics. It makes it sound like Pacific people aren't political at all, which isn't the case. Like amongst Tongans, Tongans are intensely political. Everyone reads the Timey and, you know, the, all of the newspapers to find out what's going on. Everyone knows it's hotly debated and, and you know, people are on sides and people are passionate about stuff. And I guess our community is still together enough for things to make sense at that micro level. Whereas if you're a Balangi, your community, although it's more dispersed and stuff, is really on a, on a kind of on a national scale. But that's not good enough for Mangari resident Chantal Fayapu, who sees the outcomes of badly informed political decisions every day. Ms Fayapu says Pacific and Māori are in the same position. There needs to be a push with our own people to get them out to understand that whole voting process, because if you don't vote, then you're not going to get the people in that can help to influence some kind of social change because at the end of the day that's what matters to our people it's about that social change in order to bring about a social change in thinking and that's what's going to impact on our communities almost immediately you know the budget everybody's talking about the budget but that doesn't impact as greatly on our people as how's that going to affect my day-to-day -day living Ms Fayapu says making that push is hard, something Carmel Sepuloni is experiencing as she inches towards a political career. As the child of, of a Pacific migrant, so my father was born in the Pacific, you grow up feeling kind of like you have no right, to, no right to question certain things, so you don't question things. And then when you come across groups of people, and often they are Pākehā, who are very outspoken, you feel like you need to kind of sit back a bit. And it's something that, you know, even education has kind of helped me get over, but um, we're still in this place where we, we're a little bit, you know, we still look at Europeans and still feel a little bit intimidated sometimes, I think. Ms Sepuloni is taking a soft approach to politics, but Bob Harvey, the Waitakere city mayor, says it's no surprise Pacific people are reluctant to take part. I said that... Um many meetings, boards and groups and of course Māori and Pacific people are there and often they will say nothing, sometimes meeting after meeting they will just observe and quietly kind of analyse I think what is being said and what who, who's being shafted, who's being done and I kind of will catch their eyes sometimes and I know exactly why they're silent because they, they're not agreeing but what the hell? Why Why would they enter the debate? And people will often parlangi will say to me, well, that's a bloody thing. And I think their silence says a lot. It says everything. Mr Harvey says it may be like that for another 50 years. However, national Sam Lotto Ienga is one who won't be silent. He's campaigning in the Onihunga area and spends Saturdays and Sundays door knocking. G'day. G'day. Hi. I'm Sam Lotto Ienga. I'm running for Auckland City Council this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm just, um, I live in the area. Yeah, just, um, sorry, what was your name? Bruce. Bruce, hi Bruce. Um, yeah, I'm just running for council. I'm in, 
knocking on doors, introducing myself, listening for what the issues are, and um, yeah, just seeing what how people are, uh, are feeling about the, the council elections coming up. Oh, I haven't thought about it. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. No. Well, I think what ties everyone in is that they live in this community. And, you know, I can't be all things to all people, but I can be someone who lives in this community and wants the best for this community. He's a, he's a cop, for example. G'day. You reckon? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's open. Yeah, yeah, Sam, Lutuyinga, I'm, I'm, I'm running for Auckland City Council. Yeah, just um, running for council, live in Forbes Street. Oh yeah, just yeah. across the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And basically I'm door knocking, introducing myself, local guy, local community, running for council and seeing what the issues are for you. And um, if you can underground the power. That, you're the first one that said that and I, I'm with you on that, eh? I just... Yeah, that's a Victor issue though. Yeah. yeah. No, we're about this good. Signed off the old Victor, um, whatever it is, monies you get from the other day. Yeah, yeah, the dividend. Yeah, the yeah. dividend and see where, uh, what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, everybody else is being underground except here. But he won't know till the votes are in later this year if his door knocking has paid off. And Tokoroa Francis Campbell, a migrant from Fiji, is hoping to become a councillor for the third time and may stand for mayor of the South Waikato District Council. It was a dream that we had, a dream that we had a long time ago, to um, display or show our Pacific Island arts and crafts, culture, food, and... Uh, we just never had the wherewithal to, <laughs> to get started until last year. At 73, she is a late starter and shows me Tokoroa's Vaka Village Arts Centre, a project she backed. We've got this little building which we were very lucky to get. And in time, we would love to have our own big building where the tourists could come and see our people performing their, their dances and, and feeding the tourists, you know, be the what Māori is in Rotorua, be the Pacific Island equivalent here in Tokoroa. Mrs Campbell says Pacific people have to be brave. I just felt I had more to offer my community and my district of course so I decided I would stand and uh, my attitude was I will give it my best shot but if I'm unsuccessful I'm not going to lose any sleep over it and um, that's how I've always felt you know I'm not afraid to grab the bull by the horns as it were but that's not for everyone. Carlo Mila Schaaf says many use the term Pacific community as a convenient catch-all for seven-plus ethnic groups, making up a population of 273,000. Ms Mila Schaaf says the term assumes all people of Pacific descent hold the same values and does not account for cultural differences, nor varieties between suburbs where many Pacific Islanders live, like Otara and Papatoitoi. She says Pacific people are often more comfortable with their local community rather than the political community. The problem is that nobody's going to love you for it, and I guess that's what you've got to understand, is that you might decide to make the self-sacrificing decision to put the bigger picture ahead of like your own immediate family and 
extended family and stuff and people are going to just run you down for it sometimes you can think well the community is imagined at the end of the day and what's real is the people right in front of me and my two kids and I think that Pacific peoples totally get that and it's like my dad he says you know what you know I'm not gonna go give to world vision or whatever but I pick the rotten fruit off my you know the fruit off my tree before it gets rotten I give it to those hungry families that I know because that's real so we deal in what's real because we have a real need around us. And if we didn't know people around us who were hungry or, you know, struggling, then we might be able to do all of the, I don't know, let's throw a ballet for, I don't know, people that have fallen off their horse. Ms Mila Schaaf says over time participation will increase, but not immediately, and not without Europeans grudgingly giving up power. See, when I was young and at school I you know want, wanted to grow up and be the Prime Minister and I kind of learned during high school that that was something or was taught essentially that that was something that a young Pacific Island girl w just would never happen for her do you know in fact I still remember people laughing at me like as if they would let a bunga be Prime Minister of this country and you know <laughs> like that's a direct quote so if they would ever let a bunga be prime minister and you kind of start taking that on board a bit i guess and thinking well yeah actually probably they're right comments like this indicate that the tension between pacific people and the european community is bigger than many realize when it comes to politics and while people are comfortable with having plenty of Pacific talent in the All Blacks or Silver Ferns, the political playing field is still far from level. Come